What's up, man? I brought my same uh, Batman shirt. This oh, might be my uh, my Super House Batman correspondent shirt from now on. Nice. I am wearing a uh, Friday the 13th NES shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I always thought this shirt was pretty cool. Just in time for our Joker, <laughs> our Joker discussion. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, um, before that, we're going to do a little sneak preview of our thoughts on Shazam. Just real quick. Um, <laughs> less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Less than three minutes, maybe. But, um, sure. Ben, what would you think of Shazam? We I'll, both I'll saw it together. <clears throat> yeah, we did. And we both, uh, you know, well, not to give it away, but I'd say we both we both pretty much loved it. I mean, it was. Uh, there's so much that's not in the marketing that I was surprised. The first ten minutes is not what you expect at all. Um and uh, I, I think, yeah, I'm not somebody who is, like, up to Shazam comics as I am in, in Batman comics, but from what I know, I mean, I think they pretty much nailed it in a way that I think uh, we haven't seen or or that, that DC wasn't necessarily known for until sort of these recent movies and this new regime where uh, they, um, they're making you care. A lot about the characters. There's a lot of heart to this movie. A lot more heart than I expected. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I love the film. I give it basically a ten out of ten. Uh, ben and I have gone over some minor, very minor uh, issues that mm-hmm. that might have been with the film. But I mean, God, it's like super nitpicky stuff that we'll get in, in with the deep dive. The rest of Superhouse has not right. seen the film yet. I don't think just yet. Um, Maddie is actually uh, he more of a horror dude doesn't know Shazam that much so he saw Pet Cemetery first, but um, but yeah I loved it. Um, Poor man. Yeah, <laughs> he did not like Pet Cemetery the new one that much. But um, anyways, uh, I think I thought it was great. Not much wrong with it, and um, we'll we'll deep dive into that mm-hmm. more later. Um, but so now sure. Ben, so let's do. Uh, you want to do the trailer Joker origins first or what? I mean trailer uh, the Joker I- deep dive for that or what? Let's go. Yeah, let's go into the trailer first because that's what technically two Joker trailers hit this week. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. For the Gotham finale for that Joker, and the big one being the Walking Phoenix one. So I mean, I can I can briefly cover the Gotham Joker one, um, but uh, long story short, it's it's released. It's a few seconds long. Um, it might feel a little confusing to those who aren't in the know, but. Uh, this version of Joker is bald and is very much scarred from uh, the chemical bath uh, that he got uh, a few episodes ago in season five. And I think the big reason for that is because, uh, according to the actor Cameron Monaghan, uh, there's some rights issue where they're not allowed to call him Joker and they're not allowed to use him, give him green hair. What? In Gotham? Yeah. yeah. That is the so, weirdest thing. I, I actually did not know that part of it. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's why he looks like that. I think they did what they could because honestly, if you put, if you gave him a green wig, because that's, I wanted to do a whole Black Panther get this man a wig meme with this, right. um, because I'm just like he would actually kind of look like the Arkham Joker, a little uglier, but he would look like the Arkham Joker if he just had the green hair. We right. just gave him the wig, but if they're under that restriction, there's only so much they could do. Um, to be honest, um, I mean, I'll, I'll dive a little deeper into the Gotham version of Joker because we, we're di- diving into his origins, and, and that's a big part of the show. But um, Cameron Monaghan might may be my favorite. Wow, the live Joker so far, just because he uh, he technically has played two of them. One of them is like practically the Mark Hamill type Joker brought to life, and the other one is kind of his own different version of it. And I'm not really sure what to expect in this version where. 
it's 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 i'm pretty sure it's a, a future version of one of the characters he played but uh i'm just gonna have to wait and see the finale um and see how that turns out but i'm excited for it just to, just to see you know five years of five seasons of the show and finally we get to see uh this version of batman and this version of joker face off so i'm excited it's gonna be full-on batman in this show yeah there was a post i don't know if you saw the poster there's a poster yeah. of the bat it's from the back back uh, of his from, cowl right yeah, from the back of it, but they did yeah. confirm the bat suit is in it. So I'm grateful for that because I don't know, I don't, I don't remember if you said that you you watched Smallville, but that was ten seasons only for uh, Tom Welling's Clark Kent to turn into a CGI cartoon. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, right. That was the worst. <laughs> I, I can't believe that, that. There's no way they would get away with that these days. So right, uh, right. I'm grateful there's at least a suit. I'm hopeful that he's not just in it in like the last shot of the the show. But you know, we'll have to see. April 25th is the finale. Oh my God. I got to tell you, honestly, I've been out of the loop on Gotham, man. Um, Maddie seems to love it. I, I, there was, I mean, I don't know. I didn't hate it, but it it, it wasn't at the top of my priority list. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the senior Batman correspondent, so I'm glad you're keeping tabs on all that, but I I don't know. Yeah. It is. It's an adaptation of Batman. So of course I'm going to watch it, but um, I think it evolved. It got better over time. It does have uh, fantastic. It has, it's a weird mix of some fantastic versions of the characters and right. some like really strange. I don't know why you did this with a character sort of thing. Right. Uh, so I mean, we can get into that if we ever do a Gotham episode when the when the finale gets here. But uh, I'm excited for it. I think they did. I think they have a great actor playing Joker, and we'll see what happens. Cool. I did see the trailer. It, it did seem like he was kind of pulling from Jack Nicholson a little bit, though. I think. A little bit. He's kind of pulled from each one. It feels mm-hmm. like at least Jack and Heath. Uh, I definitely don't see any Leto in there, but um, no, at no, least. No. Um, but uh, it looks like he won't be the only Joker origin we see this year because we on a couple days later we saw the Walking Phoenix trailer. Right, uh, the trailer right, right. Phoenix movie. So, um, oh, I mean, I guess I'll start. But yeah. I mean, I. I've always thought this movie was an interesting idea. I was picturing something a little bit more along the lines of uh, the rise of Joker, like Goodfellas style in terms of like a mob movie or a criminal career movie. Man, um, this is a little bit more along the lines of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy uh, right, of right. like a broken down man who sort of descends into madness sort of thing. And it's disturbing and it's weird. And I'm not really sure what they're doing with certain canon stuff. Uh, but uh, it's, I think the biggest thing people are excited for, excited for, is to see Joaquin Phoenix in the role, and I, I personally can't wait. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited. It's always good to kind of like see. I mean, we we do like the villain, and we, we've been following a lot of like anti-hero type of characters, like mm-hmm. Venom and stuff. Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool's all you know. He's been a straight up vi- a villain in some incarnations. Um, but uh, this, I guess, is going to be our first real, you know, go around with 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 an actual like following the bad guy, right? <laughs> as far as comic book car- uh, movies go, right? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see it because I've always people have always associated Joker with more of the um, somebody who I mean we'll get into this a little later, but uh, <clears throat> someone who who is mainly his relationships with Batman. So it's kind of right. like, well, what's the point of a Joker movie without Batman? But I'm right. like, well, I think that's, I think it's a different type. It's, it's a different take on it, where it's, it's like, it, it's not that he's created because of Batman or to create to fight Batman. He's created because, uh, I guess, in this version, um, 
this sort of rotten, corrupt society sort of turns him into that. Is right. what sort of implied right, to right, me. Right. Uh, or the circumstances that he's brought into, given given all the tragedy that he seems to have to be going through. So it's um, one thing I will say is that I'm I do like the sort of reimagining of the look because it's very different. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The comics. Yeah, yeah. But it's also it's not a repeat of uh, any of the other takes on it. That's it's true. Not, it's its own thing. It looks yeah. it looks more like um like a like a card like a deck of cards, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, it does. It the closest I can think of. There's a comic called Batman: The Dark Prince Charming, or something like that. It actually does have the sort of eye diamond things that uh, Joaquin's Joker has. So uh, I think if you're going to reimagine the Joker's look, it it should look something like that. It should be something a little bit more clown-like, and you let the performance sort of carry the creepiness of it, because that's what makes him honestly look creepy. Isn't necessarily the makeup. It's the uh, it's what's behind him. It's the eyes. Right. Um, it's it's the way he carries himself with that that makes it look just completely scary. Um, and to be honest, I mean this may be controversial, but I honestly like it better than what they gave Heath. Really? In, uh, the really? Because the fact that I always felt is, I mean, I, people didn't like that I said it at the time, but I'm just like I didn't care for the scarred smile and the, just the ugliness. It was not. I like a neat Joker, right? Because of the fact that he is a character who is partially because he's a character who's vain. Uh, and theatrical, yeah. and so if he were to put on makeup, I don't think he would let it be a mess like that. Uh, in my version of this, I, I get that that was that was Nolan's version, and obviously Heath is one of the greats uh, when it comes to the character. Uh, but my issue overall was that like it gets a little on the nose if he's an already scarred looking ugly guy right. versus a guy who just has regular clown makeup, and you let the performance carry it. Now, of course, Ledger had a great performance. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from that, but uh, I do I do wish. At the time, I think I was hoping for something that was actually a little closer to what we see with Joaquin's in terms of uh, reimagining it of like, okay, if you do have a Joker who puts on makeup like that, I prefer this type of angle. So it's kind of cool, like 11 years later, for me to actually see what I had hoped for uh, back then. Just come, It just came a little later and with a completely different actor and a completely different take. Uh, but that's, that's sort of my idea, and that's why I prefer this look over, um, obviously, the, the Cameron Monaghan version of joker that we saw in, in gotham because that's another like ugly looking scarred dude uh sort of thing right. but i mean again this is a character that's that's attracted a lot of talent that's that's had a ton of great stories to it so in the grand scheme of things this is a minor issue for me at least well yeah i mean we're we're dealing with like basically the most famous villain of all time i mean mm -hmm. i mean fuck i mean more than Zod, more than Lex Luthor at this point, more than fucking um, any of Spider-Man's villains or any like the Joker is obviously like a number one. It's, it makes number mm -hmm. sense. It makes all the sense <coughs> in the world that he he's the first villain to get his own movie, mm -hmm. um, and it's based on the Alan Moore run more or less. Uh, it does look like there's some inspiration from the Killing Joke because yeah. of the fact that it does look like he he is uh, he tries to do the stand-up comic route, yeah. which is in comic uh and it does seem that he is they're going with the route of him being a, a ordinary man who goes through tragic circumstances right um as we go into the joker origins you see there's pretty much two different versions of it it's either uh either joker was always a bad dude from the very beginning and just got worse uh by the time he became joker or in the killing joke and i guess in this movie uh he was a man who was who just went through extreme tragedy and unlike batman he used that to corrupt him and gave into the darkness right and yeah this is uh 
more about him. He starts out more or less, maybe not good, but sort of neutral, and then becomes evil. You think? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Absolutely looks like that. Uh, it's it looks like he may be disturbed or somewhat mentally ill, uh, even in the beginning. Um, right, right, but right. he could still be a functional human being in society, and something seems to be causing the snap that leads him into becoming the Joker. And who knows how this is gonna who knows how this is gonna work because this movie is set in the eighties. Joaquin is in his forties, and uh, they did cast a young Bruce Wayne who may, I think, is that kid who does the, the he puts his hand through the bars and puts he makes the kid smile in Whoa, the trailer. There, there is a young Bruce Wayne in this movie. That's what they, they've announced that they, they cast him. I don't know. I can't say for sure that that's him in the trailer with the whole thing, but supposedly there is. I actually so did like, not know that part of part okay. of it either. Okay. Well, <clears throat> they did announce it, so hopefully I did, that didn't seem like a spoiler. But no, they did, no, no, they did no, say no. that that's, 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 that's what they, they've got going on. Uh, so I'm like, well, if Joker is 40 and there's a kid, Bruce, how is this going to work? So I don't know how is it going to be, but I will say if this is set in 1981 and that kid is like 10 and Matt Reeves' Batman is set in the 90s and like 96 or so, that's a tw- that could be a mid-20s Batman. You see what I'm going with? Like maybe... I mean, it's possible, but they, they, they don't know if they want to share these movies or not in a fucking uh, cinematic I don't universe, know. you know? I, that's the problem. I'm, like, dude, fucking yeah. Patty Jenkins has said in several interviews that, that Wonder Woman 84 is not even a sequel to Wonder Woman. I, I you feel know? like... That- the bad choice of words. It has to be. It's a sequel to Wonder Woman. It's got. The, it's still got Gal Gadot and Chris Pine in it. I know. I mean, look. It's. It's. You're right. It's a bad choice of words. But maybe <laughs> she's just playing the DC game or something. But it's just a. It's just like. Now they're in this situation where they're doing good with the solo films. You know, mm-hmm. with Shazam and Aquaman, and um, hopefully the other ones are going to be good. But you know, like. <sighs> They should at least cross over a Joker with a Batman movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I want. Yeah, I mean, after seeing this, I definitely want to see Joaquin's Joker at least go up to against right. Batman in a movie. Right. It doesn't have to be the Ben Affleck version, but I mean, I, I I'd like to see it just because he looks like he gave it his all in this performance, and I'd hate to be it where it's like, oh, it's just a one-off, and he never encounters Batman. Right. Type of thing. Um, I'm not sure how Joaquin feels about it because he seems very much into art house indie type movies and i'm not sure if he really did this uh because it was a one-off or if he actually is interested in continuing this character i'm sure he was pitched it that way i'm sure yeah. he was pitched it like hey this is uh elseworlds uh and they explain what elseworlds was to him <laughs> this is <laughs> right. a, this is an elseworlds uh movie uh mm-hmm. only a, this is a one shot and uh don't worry about it joaquin uh, right. You're not gonna have to do any more of these. Cut to him doing the, one of the best Jokers of all time, and then, and then want to come back? Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, he, he lost a shit ton of weight for this too. I imagine he's probably not gonna want to do that again. But who right, knows? Right. I mean, money talks, right? I mean, he's he's did Gladiator, dude. Like he's done big films. You know, he'll do yeah, him. Yeah. He'll do him when he likes him. You know, maybe I don't know how yeah. he feels about that now. That was like t- almost twenty years ago at this point, man. True, true. Fifteen years uh-huh. ago. But like so, you know, I, I I would just like them. Hopefully, they cross at least that over. You know, they could have like a I don't know softly connected universe, whatever that means. Like it doesn't have to yeah. connect as much as the MCU does. But mm. I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't I mean, do do you think this movie will be kind of like a basically a character study, right? 
pretty much at least from this particular version of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Joke type of Joker origin. Yeah, and sort of see how did that, where did the clown motif come from? Why the purple suit? Why? Why did? What turns a man into this sort of thing? I think that's what they're examining. Exactly, and that that's the that's the interesting part. That's why this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Of out of many things, but uh, yeah. part of the idea for this is that um, he's what? How can I say this? Like so sensitive, or uh, he's trying to cover up the tragedies of the world and in his own life with comedy, and they might show it on a smaller scale. From what I gather, anyway, just my interpretation, where he tries to cover up maybe like having a problem with his girlfriend with going out and doing stand-up comedy, and he sucks at that too, so he can't quite co- yeah. he can't quite cover it up in his life, mm-hmm. but he still keeps trying to cover up all the bad things with com with comedy, but then mm-hmm. maybe you know he starts to see the comedy in tragedy, and you get you know, near the end you get the Joker, right? I mean, this is kind of yeah. kind of like my thinking with all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... <clears throat> there seems to be some influence from Taxi Driver, even probably even more so than the Matt Reeves Batman, because there's shots in this that literally look like they're from Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as King of Comedy, which is about a guy who is an aspiring stand-up comic who right. gets sort of more and more corrupted. I don't know if you've seen that, but it, it's... It's interesting that Robert De Niro was the main lead in that, and that's about a guy who's obsessed with a talk show host. Right. And in this movie, as you saw from the trailer, Robert De Niro is playing a talk show host. Right. So there's some connection there. If you want, you know, check it out on it's on Amazon Prime, uh, King of Comedy. It's I'm I'm sure there's going to be differences uh, or whatever. You can't just you know plug in the Joker and say like okay right. this is a remake of King of Comedy but it's it is dark in a way of having a commentary on how we treat um, I guess how we treat people how we treat celebrities uh, and the sort of obsession that comes with that so right. uh, and Joker of course is an is obsessive, obsessive character the person he's obsessed with isn't necessarily around yet but I mean who knows we'll, we'll see what the original obsession started out as yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, are there any other like major Joker origins other than like what was written in the Killing Joke? Well, it's funny you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Segway time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's only that. Um, yeah. So here, here, here's what I, I wanted to talk about as well uh, from this movie because when this movie was announced, so many people were just like, "The Joker shouldn't have an origin. Joker should not. It should be mysterious and things like that." And to be honest. Um, I've heard that for the last 10 years, and I think that that is complete bullshit because of the fact that uh, there are several origin stories mm-hmm. of the Joker. The, uh, there are probably arguably more versions of Joker's origin than there are of Batman's, mm-hmm. and they're a lot more consistent than some of the other villains. Right. Everybody sort of points to, like, okay, you could say he's the dude who dropped into the vat of chemicals, uh, but the vat of chemicals' origin is more consistent with Joker's origins than say Catwoman's origins, Penguin's origins, Riddler's origins, like there's those guys all have different origin stories whenever they get adapted into something. But for some reason, whenever it's Joker, there's something to do with the chemicals, something to, there's like something to do with obsession with Batman. There's usually ties and stuff. Uh, but there's enough versions of it that I can count down my top ten Joker origin stories. And that's what we're gonna jump into now. Holy shit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's do so, it. 
Uh, I want to. <laughs> this is the, now. I'm going to bring up the only first one. The only one I'm going to bring up that's not in the top ten is the very original one. Uh, Joker was introduced in 1940, uh, Batman number one by Bill Finger. In 1951, there was a story called The Man Behind the Red Hood, and that's what sort of created the the Red Hood origin, where it's like a guy with a red, like pill-looking helmet. Uh, Around his around his head and jumped into a vat of chemicals to escape from Batman. And at the end, it's revealed that his identity turned out to be a guy who turned into the Joker. Okay. So a lot of people were just like, "Yeah, but that wasn't around the 1940s version. It wasn't part of the original vision." And my argument to that is, look who wrote the Man Behind the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. It was Bill Finger again. Oh shit! Yeah, right. So the guy who wrote the first Joker story also wrote the Joker origin story in the first place. So that's my argument. Like, sure, maybe he didn't originally put him in there for that reason, but it's the the guy fucking wrote it into the wrote it into canon. You can't right. really dispute that. Right. You know? uh, so it didn't make my top ten just because it it didn't really dive that much into motivations or much depth to it. The the story is actually takes place in present day, and Batman is teaching a whole bunch of college kids and using the Red Hood case as an example of detective work, and he, it just happens to have the Joker in the last page. So um, that's why it didn't quite make it in his top ten, but it does have it get an honorable mention. Um, okay. So number 10 uh, goes to, uh, I'm going to have to explain this one, uh, Detective Comics number 27. Now All you're right. probably wondering, that's uh, the first Batman story. How can that be? That was before Joker even existed. But uh, in the first Batman story, Batman punches a, the main villain into a vat of chemicals and says a fitting end for his kind. Oh, uh, they have the you- prejudice going on even the, at that time. His yeah, his did. kind like Batman is so so prejudiced <laughs> to criminals. He's poor, poor criminals. It's he was totally he's... there, man. Even now, then. the villain. Was, yeah, the villain was some fat dude named Alfred Stryker. Funny enough, <laughs> the first Batman villain was named Alfred. Uh, Alfred Stryker. He was a fat dude who uh, was trying to kill off his business partners in order to take over the Apex Chemical Corporation. So funny enough, it ends with him dumping this guy into the vat of chemicals. Uh, and it wasn't until a few years ago they did a retelling of Detective Comics number 27 when they, you know, they renumbered all the Detective Comics. Right. Right. So there was a new Detective Comics number 27 and they decided to retell it. Uh, and the writer was Brad Meltzer. And he retied it, except uh, the guy's name was Albie Stryker. And Albie, <laughs> Albie. Uh, Chemicals, this version is not Batman who deliberately pushes him in because this Batman doesn't fucking kill people. If you want another discussion on that, we have the last episode to talk about that. Uh, but anyway, right. uh, Albie Stryker falls into the vat of chemicals, and at the end, the last panel is a hand coming out of the vat of chemicals, indicating that Stryker is going to become the Joker. So I like it because it ties into the very first Batman story of all time. Um, the reason why it's down to number 10 is because it's basic, It's kind of anticlimactic. Joker was a dude who tried to kill off his business partners and couldn't get his business. Like it's, right. it just seems kind of anticlimactic. But I get. I, I like the conceit that it's tied into the first Batman story. So that's why it makes number ten. Um, number nine goes to uh, Gotham for the Jeremiah Valeska version. Uh, the showrunners for that were John Stephen and Danny Cannon, and they had an interesting concept where uh, for a while there was a character named Jerome Valeska, played by Cameron Monaghan who seemed like he was a young version of the Joker, terrorizing Gotham and all that, until uh, they introduced his twin brother, Jeremiah. <laughs> of course. Gotham, you know Gotham is nuts, man. <laughs> Gotham is so, like, we're having fun with this shit. 
So Jeremiah Valeska uh, is introduced, and he gets he, he of course he's in danger. Jerome wants to kill him, but not before uh, we find out Jerome wants to kill both him and Bruce Wayne. So Jerome, Jeremiah and Bruce become friends uh, in their mutual pain of being victims to this guy, uh, and eventually Jerome gets cornered, and before he um, before anything happens, he tells Jim Gordon, uh, "I will outlive you." I am more than a man. I'm an idea. I'm a philosophy, and I will live on. And he commits suicide. Oh my god! Uh, but uh, he commits suicide by jump. It was. It's, it's honestly the creepiest fucking thing. He he jumps off a building and laughs on his way down. And it's the it's it's pure Joker, except he's dead. So okay. Uh, well, the thing is, before he died, he left a little present for his twin brother, which is this gas that does the insanity. He calls it his insanity gas, and he basically sprays Jeremiah to turn him insane and says, you will carry on my legacy. And Jeremiah does the whole, this thing from the killing joke. Yeah, uh, yeah. While that happens, and so Jeremiah now has the pale skin. And Jeremiah is sort of seen as the smarter twin and is the one who is sort of indicated to be the Joker. And he, uh, I guess, is supposed to hit harder because he was friends with Bruce beforehand. So it's... Now he's like obsessed with Bruce Wayne and ends up trying. He ends up taking Jim Gordon and Leslie Tompkins and tries to recreate the Wayne murders okay. uh, in a twisted way, saying like, "I was never part of your life when when this happened. Um, so the only way for me to connect you to you is for me to kill off your surrogate parents uh, in front of you." Now, of course, he's stopped and he has a confrontation with Bruce uh at ace chemicals and he ends up falling into avada chemicals and turning into the bald scarred looking version uh that we see in the trailers um so even though we haven't seen the finale yet i'm putting this at number nine um it is interesting idea however i think it's just way too fucking convoluted i think the twin concept was hacky uh i think yeah um you know what i described in terms of him being friends with bruce beforehand was was kind of cool except for the fact that he's only friends with bruce for one episode Okay. It would have been a lot better if it was a whole season. Right. I'm sure. Uh, and he just comes across as a copycat of his brother. So I'm like, eh, like, interesting idea, but execution could have been better. Uh, Cameron Monaghan is still a great actor, though. And um, I'm looking forward to the, the finale to see if maybe if, if that changes the ranking. Um, <laughs> number eight. Uh, this, this may be controversial. Number eight to me is The Killing Joke. Okay. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, that's it's, he's a failed comedian, former lab worker. He's got a pregnant wife, um, and he decides to turn to crime and join the Red Hood gang uh, in order to provide for her, only for his wife to die, uh, also killing the baby. And he still has to do the crime because the guys have blackmailed him. And then he ends up in the vat of chemicals, and because of this terrible, terrible time that he's had, he snaps and he turns to the Joker. Um so the reason why this is number eight, I mean, first off, it's, it's kind of cool to be like, okay, he had a tragic origin, just like Batman, that these guys are kind of similar in a way, right. is what Alan Moore was going to say. But I also feel like Alan Moore just went way overboard on this. <laughs> He's a failed stand-up comedian. He lost his job at the chemical plant. His wife is pregnant, and his wife dies along with the baby, and he still has to do the crime. And I'm like, okay, dude, this is just, it's too, it's, it feels like it's too much. Um too, I, it too overly like, dramatic, too overly heavy-handed. Yeah, I just felt too overly heavy-handed to me, and also I don't get how. Like, sure, I can see how it turns him insane, but I don't see how it turned him into a criminal mastermind who can come up with laughing gas and uh, gadgets and elaborate plans. You know, right? 
feel like there's a there's a hole that's missing in there. So that's why it's number eight. Um, number seven, then, to me, um, is the Jack Nicholson origin in the Batman 89 uh, movie written by uh, Sam Hamm. Uh, so if you've seen the movie, I'm, I'm sure if you, you're listening to this, you have. But he's basically a mobster. More than likely. Uh, he's he's basically a mobster who uh, is actually having an affair with his boss's girlfriend. His boss sets him up at Axis Chemicals, uh, and uh, the cops corner him, and as well as Batman. And um, at one point, he uh, tries to shoot Batman, and the bullet glances off of Batman's gauntlet, hitting him in the face, which causes uh, him to spiral down, fall into the vat of chemicals, and I guess the bullet wound causes him to have a permanent smile on his face mm-hmm. um, throughout the rest of so um, I like this is the first one on this list where um, he was kind of a psychotic since the beginning is what they're trying to indicate uh, or whatever. So uh, I like that idea. I like the, the name Jack Napier. I always thought that was the perfect uh, pre-Joker name. Uh, the reason why it's number seven is that they also tried to tie it into Batman's origin and said that he was the guy who killed Batman's parents. Right. Which feels kind of coincidental and also means that Joker inevitably has to be at least 20 or 30 years older than Batman. Right. Now, keep in mind, he's also 20 to 30 years older as the Joaquin Phoenix Joker if this young Bruce Wayne announcement was right, true. Right, so right. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing, but I'm hoping that they do a different take because we've already seen Joker kill Batman's parents in the 89 movie. Right. So. Uh, that's number seven. Number six would go to Batman the Animated Series uh, slash Mask of the Phantasm because it's the same connected. This one is also Jack Napier. He's also a hitman, but the reason why I consider it different is because this Jack Napier had nothing to do with Bruce's parents getting shot, uh, but he did have a role in Batman's origin uh, in, I think, a more organic way where he was part of the group of mobsters who intimidated Andrea Beaumont's family, causing her to leave, and since she was Bruce's fiance at the time, Bruce realized he couldn't have an ordinary life, and he decided to go back to his original plan of fighting for justice in Gotham and became Batman. Mm-hmm. So uh, this version I prefer just because I it, it feels less hokey of a tie. Uh, and also it allows Jack Napier to be around the same age as Batman. So uh, that's number six. And, of course, he still falls into the vat of chemicals at some point. Gener- as indicated in- Generally in the comics, the Joker and Batman are about the same age, right? It feels that way. It's never yeah. really indicated. Right, right, here, right. Uh, if if they are, but it's it's rare to see a really old Joker facing a young Batman. So right, right. Uh, I I would say they're probably about the same age or so. Uh, if not, if Joker's not even Joker could even be a little older. I mean, Heath was younger than than Christian Bale. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's true. But they're so, they're so they're so on you know on purpose with their uh, you know being ambiguous with the with his origin in that movie which which really worked in mm-hmm. that particular storyline you know that was really cool yeah um, he I think the makeup kind of covers up the fact that like, you can't really tell how old this guy is anyway you know which is awesome I think that's such a <laughs> there's a lot you know, lot good obviously in the in those films so yeah yeah of course yeah. Um, uh, as a disclaimer, none of the origins that he says in the Dark Knight make it to this list because you can't believe that any of those are actually true because they're right, contradictory. Right, 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 they didn't right, really right. include in here. Um, number five goes to a story called Case Study by Paul Dini, actually. This is Paul Dini's take on it. Um, it's actually very similar to the Jack Napier one, except this version kind of combines with the Red Hood. Um, he's a mobster who... Uh, sort of finds clever ways to rise up 
Uh, he tricks this one mobster into thinking, well, he's having, just like the Jack Napier one, he's he's sleeping with this one mob boss's girlfriend, but then he tricks the mob boss into killing her instead of him at one point. Um, and so he takes advantage of the power um, that he can take and eventually turns to the Red Hood, eventually falls into the chemicals. But the added twist is that Paul Dini says in this story that Joker is not actually insane. Okay. He's actually man who's pretending to be insane because he knows he'll land in Arkham and he knows that it'll get him out of uh, any everything. Okay. So okay. Uh, uh, kind of makes it creepier in a mm. way. So I like I like that idea and I like uh, sort of combining the Jack Napier hitman type story with the Red Hood stuff. Um, so uh, that makes my number five. Number four goes to Zero Year by Scott Snyder. Uh, that's where the Red Hood gang is actually the gang that terrorizes all of Gotham before Bruce even comes back to Gotham. Uh, and he sort of at one point goes undercover with them, trying to figure out, trying to take them down from the inside. But Red Hood 1 is the leader. And you can clearly see bits and pieces of the psychosis of the Joker uh, in this. Um, and uh, at one point he ends up killing Bruce's uncle, uh, who turns out to be part of the gang. And uh Bruce ends up facing off with him as Batman in one of his first one of his first nights out, and Red Hood one inevitably falls into Bat of Chemicals again and becomes the Joker. So I really loved um, this. I, to me, it's the best take of the Red Hood. Um, really cool to sort of make him more of the main villain when Bruce comes back, uh, as opposed to the mobsters. Which I mean, I get it. I get Carmine Falcone and everything is is a standard thing, but Falcone is such a boring villain in comparison to like a pre Joker Joker, you know? Right, so right, right. Uh, I, that's what I appreciated about that one. Uh, number three goes to a story called lovers and madmen, uh, by Michael green, where this one is, uh, he's a criminal named Jack who is a criminal who is bored because he's too good at his job. He can go in and rob a bank and kill everyone in there and walk out and basically burn the money because it doesn't mean anything to him. Uh, until he sees Batman and he gives him gives him a new sense of purpose, and so he decides to deliberately do stuff in order to bait Batman out. Um, he ends up stabbing Bruce's girlfriend, and Batman, in retaliation, throws a battering at him that cuts his oh, cheeks. Oh shit! Yeah, okay, that's yeah. cool. Which is cool because this story actually came out before The Dark Knight, right. so. I don't know if that was an inspiration or just coincidental or like everybody thought of a scarred smile at the same time. But Bat- Batman caused, caused the smile. Batman put the smile on his face. Put the smile and caused the scars. And then Batman gets so pissed about this guy causing chaos and stuff that he ends up allying himself with the mob uh, to like take care of him until he realizes that's a grave mistake and he goes to the chemical plant. Uh, where he's being tortured and realizes I can't I can't go back on that vow no matter how terrible this guy is. Uh, of course, once he gets there, Jack has already killed all the mobsters who were trying to torture him. Um, and but the last surviving mobster ends up shooting something that causes a chemical vat to dump onto him, which apparently also cre- contains antidepressants and shit like that. So this uh, this guy just washed through the you know the pipes and everything and comes out. As the Joker, except this time he and Batman already kind of have this pre-established history. Batman knows that he was Jack beforehand, uh, and um, they have their own, you know, sort of fight. So I love the character. I, I feel like this is one of the best characterizations of a like evil pre-Joker Joker. 
Um, you can see shades of it there, but he's not quite there yet. And this version of Batman is like not quite established yet. He's still, you know, still learning in his early days, and he doesn't. He just he's overconfident. He thinks he's got everything down, and the mob's going down, and he encounters this guy. So they both sort of equally feed into each other's evolution um, in the story. So I think it's an underrated story. It's it's hard to find the collection of this anymore. I had to I had to buy each issue on Comicsology in order to uh, reread this one, <clears throat> but. Uh, I think it's an underrated story. <clears throat> so I've gone through almost all the comic book versions, so you must be wondering what's on the top two at this point. Right, Because, right. uh, you know, the, these are some great Joker origins that I'm going through. But to me, the top two actually go to the same source, which is the uh, Telltale Games did a version of Batman that was very much, that twisted a lot of the canon around. Uh in the first series season, you find out that Thomas Wayne was Carmine Falcone's partner. And okay. you're like, okay, that's weird. Uh, and he would turn, anybody who went against them, he used a serum to turn them insane and throw them into Arkham Asylum. Uh, two of those people were Oswald Cobblepot's parents. So, okay. Okay. Penguin Revenge of Batman ends up throwing Bruce into Arkham, and when Bruce is in Arkham, he gets attacked by inmates who are blaming him for, you know, his father's sins. Uh, but he gets some help in this fight, and another inmate helps him out. And he's and when Bruce is on the ground, he hears, are you okay? And he looks up, and it's a man with white skin and green hair who wants to befriend him. No shit. And uh, they don't know where he came from. He's always been in Arkham since the doctors and staff have been there. Uh, they don't know his name, so they just call him John Doe. And Bruce becomes friends with John, and John is feels like he's relatively harmless. In fact, he actually helps Bruce escape from Arkham um, in the first season, uh, but says that he hopes that Bruce will return the favor someday. Uh, and at the end of the first season, <clears throat> it's revealed that John is out of Arkham, which leads into season two, and that's where this is where the real Joker origin comes in. Um, <clears throat> Bruce realizes that there's a gang called the Pact that is terrorizing. Gotham, and he has to go undercover uh, on behalf of Amanda Waller, actually, um, to uh, go after them. And the gang leader is a woman named Harley Quinn. <laughs> of course. And uh, we have to go undercover, and Harley Quinn's lackey turns out to be John. Okay. And he's in love with Harley. Now, this is a huge twist on the tongue and candle. That's you're cool, like, okay, though. I like that. This is weird. <clears throat> right. Um, and John is also super friendly. And everything. He has a whole therapy group from for former inmates of Arkham to help him out and everything. Um, and he seems to idolize Bruce. And he meets Batman at one point. And he idolizes Batman. He's like, "Can I get a Batarang? Can I help you out?" And everything. Right. And you just know as you're playing this, I'm like, I I don't know if I can trust this guy because this is going to be the fucking Joker, right? Um, eventually, shit goes down. I want I want to like skip through this. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but this is a Joker origin. But he. Uh, the shit goes down with the gang and Bruce walks in and finds that John Doe is surrounded by bodies of Amanda Waller's agents. And he claims that he killed all of them in self-defense, but there's certain stuff that doesn't add up. So Bruce is like, I uh, like, what did you do? And, and John tries to tell him and John's like, do you believe me? Now there's mm -hmm. two ways to go. If you don't believe him, that leads into the final episode being a pure Batman versus Joker story. Cause John Doe feels betrayed by mm. Bruce that, uh, you know, you use me, I know you went undercover for that, and I know that you're Batman. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, which is another twist on fucking canon. Um, <clears throat> and I think you're a hypocrite, and I think everything you stand for is a joke. Mm. So that's what creates the Joker. It's not like he already has the white skin and the green hair and everything like that. But it wasn't until he felt betrayed by Bruce Wayne that he actually decides, you know what? You stand for all these things, and I'm going to stand for everything that's the opposite. Um, and it sort of culminates into a fight, not between Batman and Joker, but actually Bruce and Joker. And he said, he call, he tells Bruce, I'm the villain of your dreams now and everything uh, now is, is beautiful. And that, that therapy group that he was forming for Arkham inmates, those become his henchmen, which okay. actually gives explanation for why Joker has henchmen. Like it's actually like covers one of those whole plot holes that I always thought was weird. That's actually in there. So that goes to number two. Number one is if you decide that you believe John at the end of episode four. Because then John decides to become a vigilante just like you and help find crime. Oh, shit. So he shows up and he uh, has a costume for himself, uh, you know, with a purple suit and everything. And he's like, I'm your new partner. Call me Joker. <laughs> and he wants to help Bruce fight crime. And... Joker ends up being a weird partner for him because he goes a little too far. Okay. And he wants, uh, in terms of justice, he's like, why don't you just kill them sort of thing. Um, and he wants to go after Amanda Waller because he feels that, you know, because Waller had tried to kill him in the past uh, and everything. And Batman's like, you can't kill Waller. And that's where the big disagreement happens. And where does the disagreement happen? But the Ace Chemical Factory. Mm. Now, unlike the previous origins he doesn't take a dump in there because he's already he doesn't he doesn't fall into there is what i mean <laughs> but he uh because he, he already has the the white skin but this is where the betrayal happens where he's like i can't believe that you would protect someone like this i thought you stood for justice but i guess justice is a joke to you right um and he all amanda wallace agents come in and he just brutally murders all of them and it's the first time you actually see him like kill mm. and Batman's trying to plead with him. He says, John. And then he John turns around and he says, call me Joker. Mm. And they have their big fight. And it's brutal because these guys used to be partners. These guys used to be friends. And it ends with, like, like Batman has to shove a battering through his hand to, like, pin him to a console. And he, like, electrocutes him. But he's, and Joker, like, stabs him. So these guys are both wounded. And at the very end, uh, Joker laughs. And he's like, I tried to be a hero, but I, I can't. I, I can't do that. I'm, it's not me. Uh but I want to know, Bruce, did you ever see me as a friend? And if you play Telltale Games, you get a choice in what you say. You can either say yes or no. Oh, shit. So there's a version where, there's a soft version where you like, Batman ends up telling him, of course, John, I, I, I did care about you. You were my friend. And Joker's response is, well, I guess you're a pretty screwed up guy then. Okay. okay. Uh, the other version is Batman being like, no. You're never my friend. You're always a criminal. Why would you ever think that? And you could see the heartbreak on Joker's face uh, for like a split. And then there's a smile and he's like, enemies it is. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's that it's going to be the standard Batman Joker rivalry from here on out. So that takes my number one spot because it's such a creative take. Right. On, especially after years and years of this Batman Joker story, it's such a creative take on the whole story that I have to give it to them. It makes the whole rivalry heartbreaking in a way because you don't, you kind of want him to be a good guy, even though you know he's not going to be. Right. Right. So, um, unfortunately, Telltale Games is out of business, so we're not going to see any continuation of that story. That but, sucks. I didn't know they were out of yeah. business actually. Yeah. 
So we're never going to see more of that version of the character. But uh, to me, that's that's that took a really creative take on the Joker that was kind of the opposite of the Ledger Joker, where the Ledger Joker had like no background and just came in as a force of nature for Batman to deal with. Whereas this one kind of came in and was looked like the Joker, but he was very human. And it was just through his relationship with you as Batman that turned him into the Joker and you couldn't stop it. And it's 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 a weird sort of mix of all the previous origins where he's like he's been Joker from the beginning, but it's still a tragic version of it. And it's 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 honestly quite it blew my mind because I had no idea that any, anybody could come up with that. And it's the writers on that were I have it written down it was Megan Thornton, Ross Bealey, and Lauren Me were um, the writers on that. And it's just a really creative take, and I and I, and I love the version. So that's my top ten. I'm surprised that I know you like the Telltale version, but I didn't know it was going to be number one. That's pretty pretty high praise. It is high praise because I mean, it's such a you know you realize at some point um, you sort of get tired of watching the same shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Or Batman, I don't need to see another story where Batman and Joker are at it, and Batman's like, I want to kill you, but I can't. And Joker's like, kill me, I win, and, and I'm like, okay, like whatever. But to see these guys as like actual friends or joker trying wanting to fight crime and i didn't even go into other twists of canon that the, the telltale version has um in it but it's the, the twist made sense for this version and i didn't mind it and i, I it's kind of sad that they can't continue because uh it's it's honestly one of my favorites read inventions of the whole canon because of how different it is and how sort of refreshing it was to see a different take that still made sense with the characters is that is that just ps3 or is it ps4 as well do you know? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, okay. I have to look it up. But um, those I'd, are available as well as a lot of the, the cut scenes are available on YouTube as well. I'd love to play them on um, Switch, actually. I'd like to play that on the on the go, um, personally. Just, yeah, I mean, hopefully they it's, a, it's available. I don't, I don't know if Telltale <laughs> is going to make it available for anything because not, they're not around anymore, but... Hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to find a copy that will work for whatever your system you got. Dude, if SNK, I, I know you don't know video games as much as uh, yeah. <laughs> the rest of us, but uh, anyway, our listeners will understand. If SNK is still pumping out games, Telltale, or they're at least re-releasing games, I think Telltale could at least re-release their games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is hope, at least in re-releasing on new systems. And um Actually, SNK has a new Samurai Showdown this year, so nice. maybe it's from all the re-release money. I don't know what's happening with that, but anyway, um, as for me, I don't. I'm actually not quite as familiar with all the different origins as as you are. I mean, I've been following this all my life, but maybe not mm -hmm. as closely as you have. Um, I have not seen as much as Gotham and stuff as, for for example, but. Um, I forgot that I I watched all the Batman animated series back in the day, and I've rewatched mm. some of them recently. But I I forgot they had a whole origin for Joker in that universe. Right. I mean, it was basically Mask of the Phantasm showed the mobster backstory, and yeah. then the episode with the Creeper, yeah, uh, yeah, as well yeah. as the Mad Love one, outright showed that it was the chemical bath. Oh so, right, that's right. Yes, uh, and Mad Love. And then, yeah. You kind of have to put different episodes together because it doesn't flat out come out in one episode. There's like one, like they don't even call him Jack Napier uh, in those episodes. You have to hunt for like one of the episodes where Batman's stuck in Arkham for you to hear that confirmation that he's still Jack Napier in that universe too. 
Jack Napier is my first Joker because that the 89 mm. Batman movie, I was not really reading much of anything in 89 because I was uh, five. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe books at school, but I, uh, but I was watching that movie. I was probably way too young for it. But, uh, you know, like Jack Nicholson Joker, that's like, you know, the shot of his hand coming out of the chemicals or whatever. Yes. It's, you know what I mean? Like that, that shit. I mean, to me, that's still like the Joker to me. It was still gold, yeah. It's still uh, gold. I mean, it, I, mean there's... I grew up thinking Jack Napier was his actual name. I didn't yeah, realize yeah, that there was this whole yeah. other Red Hood business or Alan Moore version until much later. Most people, I feel like, still don't know that part of it. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's such a great incarnation, despite it. You know, some of the other things that might not be so great about it. And of course, Ledger. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only commenting about the movies right now, but, uh, I mean. You know, whenever we heard it was going to be Heath Ledger, I think everybody on the planet was like, what? And then when the trailer came out, at least for me, that did it. I was like sold, like, what is going on with this character? Mm -hmm. And then you see the movie, it's like, is this the best thing I've ever seen in my life? I was was fucking like, God, dude, seeing the Heath Ledger Joker in the theater was just fucking mind-bending. It was... was, you could feel the energy of the audience too. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Everything. I think I think what doesn't what Ledger doesn't get enough credit for is how funny his Joker actually is. Right. Everyone's like, right. oh, he's so creepy and things like that. And like, yeah, but he's also hilarious. Right. That's what, right. I was kind of worried going in that they wouldn't have that element. Um, but that's definitely what puts him uh, at one of the top Jokers. The pencil is, trick or him yeah. like <laughs> putting like throwing that the money in front of that guy's face. Like, uh, what was it like? Like. He's oh, the, he the pile of money. There was something funny there, I think. And then the fucking nurse outfit. I'm my hat. Classic. Yeah. That nurse outfit is fucking classic, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. Grant Morrison said something about <laughs> he wanted to take a little bit of credit for that because he was the first guy to have Joker cross-dress, which was in uh, Arkham Asylum wearing the fucking... Yeah, um, he's wearing the high heels, but I mean... And Nolan he's got the uh, Madonna bra, right? The pointy, uh, pointy bra? Yeah. Wanted that in the comic, but I don't think you ever see it. Mm. It's in the script. I've read, I've read the script for Arkham Asylum, but I never. I don't think I've ever been able to find it in the. Because believe me, I looked when in the script. I'm just like, he's wearing a bra. What the fuck? And then I went through the comic, but I couldn't find it. They mainly just kept it in the trench coat. Morrison had that idea in his script, though, probably first. Yeah, yeah he did. I mean, yeah, no, Morrison, Morrison had uh, a bunch of ideas that uh, Ledger definitely read uh, when uh-huh. leading up because Ledger kept a whole journal. For Joker, and there's he went to like a Motel Eight or some shit, and just kept the Joker journal and went fucking nuts. Yeah, and he and he wrote out stuff that is in the Morrison version, and and there's even a line from uh, the Clown from Hell or something. I think that was called. uh, It's been a while since I read it, but he he does flat out say something along the lines of like, um, you know, I won't, you won't kill me out of some misplaced sense of morality, and I won't kill you because you're just too much fun. uh, From the Dark Knight. Uh, which is which they they were rephrased it in the in the movie, but I remember hearing that in the theater. I'm like, damn, they got that from that issue. That's that's deep cuts. Right, but right, right. It's in the... Hello, <laughs> your cat made a, a special appearance. My cat does that too sometimes. The other cat made who showed up last time. This one is in this one. Hello. Oh man. So. Well, I don't have the uh, song playing for us right now, but uh, I'm going to add it in the post for the podcast version. But uh, anyway, this is Andrew, and we, uh, you know this is Superhouse Live. We're gonna we're on YouTube and uh, 
Twitch and a bunch of different streaming services, as well as we're we're an actual podcast too. This is there's a podcast version of this. I know it's not the simplest thing in the world, but uh, you know we're out here trying trying to spread out this podcast or this live stream as much as possible. So we're putting it on every kind of outlet that we can think of. And um, we're on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Just search for us. You'll find us. Search for Superhouse. And uh, uh, the most important one being Patreon. Patreon.com slash Superhouse Podcast. Our lowest uh, donation tier is $1. And um, you have any plugs there, Ben? Uh, Not that I can think of. I look forward to talking more about uh, Shazam and more about Joker when when we see more stuff. Yeah, that's going to release in October, so... Um, yep. And then I we'll see more uh, trailers and shit as well. Um, of course. But yeah, the next episode will more than likely be our coverage of Shazam, our review of it. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we might be maybe a week late on that one, but uh, I think that'll be fine. Yeah. So anyway, this is Andrew signing off. This is Ben signing off.